What's up, everybody? On today's episode of the Boston Ski Party, we are joined by Devin and Tate, two of the absolute rock stars behind the clothing and accessory side of the business here at TSM. We get into the Devin and Tate origin story and how that has turned into a well-oiled machine that we've seen develop on the clothing side of our company in recent years. Pre-Devin and Tate, the clothing selection of our store was led by a bunch of smelly, grimy, often perspiring dudes who don't know the first thing about fashion, myself included. We're talking no taste here, people. We're talking dudes who can't even put their own outfits together. If you've been to the store, you're probably familiar with the uniform. Devin came on board in 2019 to take the clothing and accessory reins and bring it to another level. She brought with her years of experience working at some really, really cool brands like Jiro, Smartwool, and my personal favorite, Saks Underwear. They truly are life-changing. A couple years later, fresh off graduating from Northeastern and in between sending in applications to law schools, Tate would find herself making the best whoopsie-daisy of her life by putting her aspirations on hold and joining Devin as the next piece to our team of soft goods and apparel all-stars. I really enjoyed talking to them. I hope you enjoy the show. Holler. Is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It's cheap, too. Bluskymaster.com. Yeah, hey, guys. Hey, cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers. 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 Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for being here. This is awesome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys, right before we started recording here, Garrett made a good point and said, like, we're going to ask people, like, before they come on, like, hey. What's the what's the drink of choice? You know, yep. just in case they they want to indulge, we want we want to have it for them, mm-hmm. ready to ready to you know ready to go. Well, you guys must have had like telepathy because you you nailed it. Awesome, I'm glad. Yeah, you and the Blizzard team. That's we knew we really didn't have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> we we know now exactly the key the key to the, to the conversation is going to be margaritas with that De- with Dev. So yeah, this but this pod could actually be called margaritas with Dev. Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we have Dev and Tate on the show, and they are here willing to chop it up with myself and Mr. Garrett, and we're super stoked that you guys carved out some time to sit down with us and uh, talk about how this season actually went. So it's pretty funny because you, both your guys' stories here are very different, but obviously now insanely intertwined with each other. Which only makes you know your guys' power team even stronger, but it is kind of fun in the sense of like where you guys kind of started at Ski Monster even before Ski Monster and how you kind of got here. Um, and it's something that's I think is worth telling to the people that are customers of ours, fans of ours, people that shop here and really just are interested in like what's going on. You guys are super critical to everything that we have going on here, and I I just like to kind of have you tell everybody like you know how you guys got in this seat in our pod room. Sweet. Yeah. Definitely never expected to be sitting in a podcast room. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> we actually got a new sign. Uh, this yeah. is the first pod with the sign, which is kind of dope. Looks yeah. very official. It's a great sign. And it's super sick. It's a super dope color, too, which is uh, I'm pretty stoked on. Yeah, it's Lady Monster Paint. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm not sure who, who actually pulled the trigger on the color. Do you know, Garrett? Mm. Looks like a matte. Mm. Oh, it was you. Well, I was given a choice of two colors. <laughs> What was the other one? Blue or pink? Yep. <laughs> Making our mark. It's like a gender reveal. <laughs> well, it's it's a girl. The pod, the pod room apparently is a girl if we're going off gender reveals. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's a great color. I'm stoked. So, Devin. Eric. Now that you're saying, hey, I can't believe that we're on a podcast. This is crazy. Let's talk a little bit about how you ended up sitting in a pod room at oh Ski Monster. Goodness. How far back am I going? Let's go back. I mean, so what did you, before joining our crew here at TSM, All right. let's give a little bit of background on on where you were before and how you kind of got in, into the industry. All right. Well, before this, I was a sales rep in the ski industry and in outdoor industry. I've been doing that for 11, no, nine-ish, 11 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I met you guys through being a rep, which was cool. I was at a trade show and some guy was like, hey, Monster. I was like, oh, I follow those guys on Instagram. They're like, it's a store. I was like, no, it's not. It's a meme page. It's like before me. <laughs> Great A marketing right there. Really we don't sell anything. Yeah. Just really funny little clippets about skiing. So that's how I found you. That was they're us. Like, they're like, no, no. And they gave me your email address and George's email address. And I was a new rep. So I took a shot in the dark. And I think I was working for Smartwool at the time. So I uh, called you guys up and 
for some reason you said yes, <laughs> yeah. which was awesome. And uh, I came in for, I think, just to do a presentation with socks for Brady. And on the way to your store, I got a phone call from the SmartWool team, and they were doing this marketing campaign called the Fan Van, where they drove it across country and like stopped at stores, did a movie premiere, and tossed out free socks to people. Right. Real, real easy, real awesome little event. And their New England one canceled. So they were on their way to Vermont and they needed to do something in Boston. So they're like, hey, you know, any stores in Boston? And at the time I didn't. I didn't have any connections to stores in Boston. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to go try to open this account and let me see what they're like. And so I'm in the meeting and you guys brought this line on, whatever, we're doing the stock order. And I kind of looked around and got a vibe check and was like, um, can I have a party here in three hours? Yes. <laughs> and 100%. Next, next question. <laughs> what do we need for booze? Yeah. Oh, I got that covered. The whole thing was I'll buy pizza, I'll get booze, we're going to play a little movie. But the store's empty. I mean, there's product showing up. It's on the floors. There's no fixtures. There was a DJ booth and a couch. Whoa, whoa, that was whoa, pretty whoa. much. I mean, give us a little bit more well, you credit weren't open than yet. that. You weren't open yet. This is this is the early, early days. We had some helmets on the floor. Yeah. yeah. They were stacked up. <laughs> we had some, we had Just some in go- case things got crazy <laughs> later. <laughs> So, we had some goggles stacked on the floor. Jeez. Yeah. So I texted every single person I knew in the Boston area. And I was like, hey, can you guys all please come to this address, 60 Canal Street, please? Um, we're going to do a little ski movie. It's really will help my job. Thank you. And I think like 25 people showed up. It was a party. And we threw a party. What I was mean, the ski movie? I couldn't tell you. No, it, but it was... Um, every day is a Saturday. It was at the House of Blues, though, wasn't it? No, this was the one in the store. No, I know, but wasn't it the same weekend of, of something that, that was, was going... Oh, it was a different party. I threw three parties. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> They're all blended together. Yeah. But yeah. So that's how I met you. I had my little party. And yeah. And fast forward, you're open, you're crushing it. I hosted another event and tagged it on to some TGR movie. And I had a party bus that was supposed to take people from the store to the movie. Mm-hmm. And none of you guys got on the party bus. <laughs> what what, what, took, what did I we do? I took a bunch of random customers and, <laughs> and the woman that I worked with. And we got on the bus with one of the athletes that was here doing a, like a signing or something. Nice. And he was supposed to speak at the movie. And the bus driver, you know, we had been partying. It was a party bus, per se. We ran out of alcohol, so I kind of stopped and, like, was, like, trying to gauge where we were because we are only going to Lansdowne Street from Canal Street. And yeah. we were in Dorchester. Nice. So we were lost. Yeah, you were lost. <laughs> yeah. You guys were long gone. Yeah. You're, you were and, gone. And uh, the guy, the athlete was late. He missed his little entrance mm-hmm. and at TGR at the House of Blues. But I caught up with you guys there, too, and mm-hmm. continued to party. And we've been friends ever since. We have. Yeah. yeah. And that was when you were – Really just doing SmartWool, but there was other brands that you were working with, too, on yeah. the vendor side. Yeah, so SmartWool is kind of where I started on the, kind of out in the field. I was a tech rep for a long time and then became a sales rep. I worked with uh, Gordini at that time. I worked with this ski company called Dare to Be for a bit, and then I moved into a different agency where I did a lot with Jiro, and that was what mm-hmm. really kind of got me more into the ski industry and working, you know, getting to know everybody that we all know now. And um, I've worked with Sanook, which is a surf brand. I've worked with bunch of stuff sacks underwear. underwear that was a that was a fan favorite that might really be why we're friends <laughs> yeah i mean you pushed sacks so hard and then once everyone got a taste of a sacks underwear hold around your around your belt line you're like damn Ball these underwear it's life-changing it's underwear. life-changing underwear it greatest marketing tagline ever oh way. my god Incredible. wait what is it what is it it's life-changing underwear i didn't even know that <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah hire me sax <laughs> dude they're another marketing pretty pretty good <laughs> whoever's running their social media right now is crushing it that was sick dude, dude that was dope yeah yeah and then and you can out pizza the hut is that, i, I is just that, came is, out you is did just came up with that one too yeah damn dude you're like an idiot savant for that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, once we, once we got like <laughs> so into the sax thing, I mean, everyone had sax underwear. I think like probably a fresh pair like every every day for a month because you hooked it up so yeah. so much that we were like, "Yo, this Dev, this Devin girls, she's legit." Super <laughs> legit. The sax underwear girl, like, <laughs> isn't she sell Jiro? Oh no, it doesn't matter. We Jiro, Jiro, yeah. no, no, the sax, the sax girl. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so worked with you that way, and then. Uh, eventually I did, well, this is actually kind of funny because I, I got into the industry because I had a, a friend in college that um, worked for Timberland and they wanted to do a focus group. So she needed girls our age to come in and look at some footwear and give some feedback. And a focus group means you get free dinner and free drinks. Mm-hmm. I'm in. And free shoes. So I went to focus group, had a good time, whatever, and then ended up getting kind of called back and offered a, to apply for a job there. So that's how I got into the industry, was working at Timberland for a bit. Uh-huh. But then the ironic tie back to that is that I was later on doing a, at Jiro, doing a uh, 
focus group for a lawn. And our, our buddy Ben called and he needed another person to come to this focus group. And again, free lunch, free beer. I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was local to my area. So I went to the focus group, the other two count, there was another count in there and then you guys, and it was you, George and Matt Berkowitz. So we had more beers and then Ben and I took you guys out for a little bar crawl in the Portsmouth area after that. And, uh, yeah, my moral of my story is never say no to a focus group because that's true. I started working here. I think a year later. So. That's true. <laughs> but uh, uh, from, from our side of it, um, it's pretty funny because, you know, when we first started working with you when, during those smart wool party events and things like that, you know, George and myself, you know, equally we're talking to each other like, Hey, someday Devin, we're going to hire Devin. She's awesome. She's going to, she's going to crush it for us. Of course, at the time that was like such a pipe dream. Cause we were just like, you know, figuring out where to put the helmets. But, uh, <laughs> we do, we knew eventually we would get there and, and, and how it all worked out is like, obviously it, it timing wise and and timing wise for us and for you and all that other stuff kind of came kind of together perfectly and uh then you came on board so what do you now that we have your little bit of background and everyone kind of knows like where you've been and where you're from um why don't you just tell a little bit about what you do for tsm now yeah so i um came on board to be the soft goods buyer and George pitched it to me as a soft goods buyer slash ski tester. So like, yeah, kind of sounds like a job Sick. you never thought you could have. So <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. Uh, so we, um, I was doing that for one season by myself and then Tate started with us and now Tate and I split the buying and uh, we do all of the clothing, all of the accessories. Tate handles like gloves and hats and bags and everything that's incredibly hard to buy and keep in stock socks, <laughs> all the stuff that can never run out. And then we do all the high fashion stuff together because one look at me and you'll know that I'd be lost without Tate when it comes to the high fashion world. Come on, so. it's a collab. Come on. So yeah, collab. so we uh, we do all the buying for the store in every category except skis, boots, boards, and bindings. That's, and you guys are crushing. Thanks. Crushing. Yeah. Between you two and Sam, like you 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 guys are just absolutely you know you're doing your thing, and it we all notice it obviously because we all work with you guys every single day. That's why obviously doing a pod like this and getting people to kind of know what's actually happening on that side of the business, and you guys are two of the key components of that. And we're super stoked that you guys are on board. Yeah. I mean, but it's also kind of funny because, you know, we, when you're in the ski business, you're, it seems to be like you're on one side or the other, you know, you're like mm-hmm. a vendor manufacturer or you're a retailer and those two things need to coexist and they need to actually work symbiotically right together to, so everyone's successful. But it's kind of fun for someone like yourself who worked for such a long time on the vendor side and kind of sees how that part of the business works. Mm-hmm. And now transitioning to the retail side, it's not a very common switch for most people in our business. You know, a lot of people will go from retail to vendor manufacturing, but not a lot of people will go from manufacturing vendor to mm-hmm. retail. So for you to see kind of both sides, it's gotta be kind of fun, you know, selling stuff that you didn't really, you know, you sold because that was, that was your job. Yeah. You had to sell the equipment that was presented to you at a sales meeting and then said, just go sell it versus now where, you know, you're actually curating the buy. It's up to you to decide what we bring in and what we don't. And then you actually get to sell it to the end user because you actually like it and mm-hmm. it's something that you're excited about. I mean, that's gotta be kind of fun. Oh, it's so fun. And it, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, you'd be at a sales, I mean, a sales meeting and you go to a trade show and then I would write orders and help. And like, I kind of, to be honest, thought this was going to be easy. I thought going from sales into buying would be easy. There yeah. must be some reports you can look at and it's gotta be all database and, you know, go look at the stuff that I used to sell and just pick what you think's going to work. And Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. A little different. Yeah. I mean, well, it, especially if you're trying to nail down a buy with your finger on the pulse, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's a lots of places that do it that way. Uh, but at, here at TSM, that's not how we really do it. Yeah. I mean, everyone that's actually helping purchase equipment to get to the end user, like we're using it or we're actually talking to people about it every day. We're on the sales floor kind of seeing what's what's moving, what's not moving, what's hot and what's not. And there's more than just a data sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes a huge difference when you're actually doing the job um, and getting the things that you're buying to the end user. Yeah. And I mean, well, one funny thing is like, I'm terrible at math, like really, really never, never give me an equation on, on the spot because I will absolutely panic. But I did get very into spreadsheets apparently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're looking at, we were talking about this earlier, when you're looking at skis or, or a board buy or something, you know, you'll pick your ski category, you'll pick the representation you want to have. And then you'll get down to the widths you want to represent and then the lengths. And that's that you're given one color 99% of the time. That's the buy Mm -hmm. with us. We'll get, okay, we're going to bring in this brand and then we're going to bring in this, these four jackets from this brand. And then we'll get to the jackets and we'll get the size run figured out. And then it's the colors. Right. So now it's down another level. And then if we're, you know, doing really well in size, 
medium jackets, trending, whatever our reports are saying that, then you bring in a European brand. And now the sizes are totally different. And a European medium is different than a European small. And I know it's like, that, <laughs> And it's just, uh, it's a lot more kind of intuition and also just like, like you said, testing and trying stuff on. Like Tate and I probably try on almost everything in the store so that we know how to size it up and down and then how to make it better, the buy next year better. And it's, it's a lot more hands-on plus data, yeah. which has been a big learning curve and yeah. way more fun to your point. Yeah. But in, uh, to your point with the sizing thing, I mean, every, you just said a lot of awesome stuff, but like the one thing that really sticks out to me is how difficult it, it must be on top of all the things that you said, but then getting the sizing right. Mm-hmm. Because you, you're like, Oh, it looks cool. The brand story is cool. I like the color. Uh, the price points, right. Uh, margin might be great, but then you get it and it does, it doesn't fit. Yeah. And it's like, it's really hard to tell, especially, you know, when you have, this huge range of, of what a jacket or pant might supposed to fit like, and then doesn't. I mean, Garrett is a, is a unit. <laughs> a Sasquatch. A Sasquatch. <laughs> and he has a tough time yeah. finding stuff that, that fits in and, and so much dope shit. He's like, yo, look at that. And then you put it on, you're like, dude. Well, actually. Is it capri pants? When you started, you told me what you wanted for pants, and you wanted a, like a, can I say your size? <laughs> you wanted a double X. And I was like, well, <laughs> in that How pant. How dare you? <laughs> in that pant. And like, I'm looking I'm at you. I'm trying to slim down, yeah. right, people? <laughs> You're really tall. Yeah. You're one of the tallest people I've ever met. And you, so, like, no, you always say your pants never fit because they're always too short. And so you picked out this pant, and I'm looking at you like, oh, bro, it's going to be really big on you. And it was like, just because we know the brand and we've watched enough people try it on. So, what size are you wearing this year, Eric? I ended up getting an XL, yeah. but <laughs> to my, to be fair, well, that was another weird thing. All right. All right. So the brand was spider, the pants were dope. So, you know, we'll just get that out there. Um, I, I wanted a double XL because I want to be steezy. Obviously mm-hmm. I want to look good out there. And then like, I was like, Oh, we can't get these in a double XL. We only have an XL in the shop. And then I was like, you know, I just wrote off the XL thinking that the double XL was going to be a bigger size. The difference between an XL and a double XL was only the waist, mm-hmm. not the length. Mm-hmm. And that might just be me not having enough knowledge. That is that a, something that's common? It can be. It is. Yeah. Like mm. a shot in the dark, yeah. you know, like obviously you, you kind of start to learn what's going on, but every single brand, like, I can wear an extra small in some brands. I can wear a medium in some brands. Sometimes the extra small is too big. Sometimes the small is too small. Like you have literally no idea. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, brand. So that just adds to the level of difficulty. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's very difficult, and I don't think you guys get enough credit um, just from outside of our of our little of our little universe here, right? It's it's a, it's a very difficult thing to do. I mean. When you think about everything that you you previously said about sizing and colors and brands and all this stuff, like, you you know, you have to curate that whole process. And and then before that, it's even difficult to even get those brands and those manufacturers to even sell you the the product. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's a little different now. I mean, because we're Ski Monster, not to our own horn, but like that that's cool. And so people are are excited to be in our store and basically because of, of you guys and what you've been able to do, which is awesome. But before that, you know, 14, 15, 16, we didn't have brands, you know, knocking on our door to, to sell, to sell equipment. So it's like, you know, you're, you're as start getting started out in the ski business, you're trying to sell yourself mm-hmm. to a brand in order for them to even sell it to you before you can even get it on your sales floor to even have the potential to sell it to a customer. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone understands that process. Yeah, as a sales rep, <laughs> I don't understand that process because it's just want the dollars. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's hard. And then another layer, especially this last two years with COVID and everything is supply chain. I mean, mm-hmm. that like we finally... We'll, we'll use a less complicated topic with like, you know, I think bags or so, bags we'll use. And it's, we have our styles. We know what we want. We know if we forecasted it. Tate had all the numbers. She put a great buy-in. And then I don't think any brands delivered when they said they would because they couldn't. And it right. was Vietnam shutdown for a while because of, you know, COVID and shutdowns. And then everything's delayed. And like, it, it happened everywhere. It's not, you know, just to the ski industry. But that's, now everyone's panicked because we're out of bags. And that's, it was just a crazy another level of okay we finally got it in the store we finally got the account open we finally got the buy-in the season's really short the buying window small all these factors have to line up everything's ready to go september rolls around no bags november rolls around no bags yeah in the bet in the bag yeah. thing is just a, is a small aspect of, yeah. of it of no one really shipping stuff you yeah. know mm-hmm. and that makes your guys job even more difficult 
because what a lot of people don't understand is that you're now writing orders for the next season before this season's product has fully been committed to us, which is, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So you have to then forecast and think about, okay, what's going to be hot next year? What, what's the size, size you're going to be like next year? Did they change the fit? Did they change the styles? Is the brand, you know, gaining or losing steam? And then put your order in before you're even able to see fully what we sold from that said brand in the current season. Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't, when you say it out loud like that, that's, that sounds insane. Yeah. And in a normal season, that's how it worked. In this season, there were meetings that we sat down to that they were asking us for, you know, in more investment and growing the business. And I'm sitting there like, I don't have any of your stuff yet. Yeah. It's December. <laughs> and it's not their fault. It's just the way of the world this year. But it was like, man, this is, this game is changing mm-hmm. for sure. Because before it was a little bit more predictable. And, and, and knowing you guys, I mean, you don't want to just do like a simple thing where it's like, hey, let's just, let's press the reset button from that. Or yeah, let's just do the same thing we did last yeah. year, plus or minus 10%. Or like, oh, oh, Mr. or Mrs. Rep person, just write the order for us, whatever you think is hot, plus or minus 10%. This is factored into your open to buy. I mean, a lot of people do do it that way. It's not how we do it here at Ski Monster, as we just briefly talked about earlier. So it's like, no, like I, 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 there's so much more information that I need before I can not only commit to the dollars to your brand, but equally, I need to know like how it's going to do now. Um, and it's just, it's just a hard thing to do. And, and it's tough to explain, you know, if you've never been in, in that position before, a lot of people, most consumers will just come into a store and just see a store full of stuff, you know, and be like, oh, wow, this is great. And it's like what actually went into getting the stuff there and like figuring out if it's going to move or not. And then buying stuff while that stuff is actually there. It's just, it's a wild kind of cycle of, of, of a job. So you guys are crushing it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what's really fun now that Tate is on board because of her, I guess I on what she's into by comparison to what you're into, Mm -hmm. it adds a really fun dynamic um, working together. Right. Cause I mean, Tate, you've been really super into fashion since really for a long time, I guess, since I met you, which is way, and you've probably been into it way before that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I think, you know, something just to go back to, you know, how stressful it is trying to make a buy when you don't even know how something's selling in the store yet. So whether it's because it hasn't shown up yet or it showed up last week or it hasn't snowed yet and you're just not sure. And, you know, having me and Devin go into meetings together, look at a line, be able to look at each other and not, it's not like a gut feeling, but kind of just have the backup of each other to understand that. Yeah. We think this one's going to work out. Right. You know, we, we've looked at, you know, we, we don't have this year's specific data, but we know what the trends are looking like. We know what colors are going to be in. We know what worked last year. We know what fits people like. And we think this one's going to work. Yeah. So, so to talk a little about that, like, as I said, brand, you're going into the meeting, it's a certain brand. Like what about that meeting or that brand kind of makes you feel that way? Like, is there something specific that you see? Is there a certain color kind of wheel? Is there a certain vibe to how the brand is, what the catalog looks like, what the sales reps like? Like what about that said meeting or that brand where you kind of have that, that fuzzy, awesome feeling where like, oh, this is going to be really cool. I think it's everything you just said. I think before we go in often, or not often, but a good amount of the time we are able to see at least a few samples of what it's going to look like. So, you know, maybe this is what their colors are going to be, or uh, we know that this is what the jacket from last year looked like, and it's probably just going to be in an updated colorway, maybe a few different stylistic hits on it. Um, and so I think one of the things that we're looking for is definitely just purely like the look of it and understanding um, what colors have been working what people are asking for. Um, Sometimes you can tell that from accessories, what people are liking, you know, you can get a little bit more creative with that. And then seeing that fold back into clothes. um, There are some brands that you can look at that have done a really good job of of forecasting what colors are going to be important in the coming years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we we like to shout out Burton for that. They Mm -hmm. tend to always nail it. Yeah. Yeah. How is that? How do they always get it right? Like a year in advance. Yeah. I mean, and they're just this snowboard company. Granted, they're a, a large just company. This, yeah. but, but, <laughs> the founding fathers of snowboard. Right. But, but, you know, by in comparison to what we're talking about, this, we're not talking about snowboarding. Yeah. We're talking about just like nailing colors. Well, we are talking about snowboarding because it's snowboarding. You have to give a ton of credit to advancing the ski industry outside of what the little box it used to live in. From yeah, shapes true. of skis all the way to the fashion and the graphics. So like, we do owe quite a bit to snowboarding, which is probably why Burton 
keeps taking risks on color. And some of the stuff they show us is wild. Some of it we can't bring in, but then there's other stuff. They're like, wow, that's going to be a trend. Like mm-hmm. whatever they show us this year, even if we're not ready for it, cause it's, you know, we're still a little bit behind, you know, European, the European companies might be actually jumping on it because they are ahead of us as the U S but it, it might take a little bit longer, but we'll kind of know, all right, well, Burton's doing that. And then another company might slowly try to do something like that. Then we know that trend's coming. Yeah. And so we look to companies like Burton to set that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, with Burton too, like they have a huge international type yeah. of consumer base really. Right. I mean, from people all over the world and you know, for where we are located in downtown Boston, like we get the same type of people and all the wild wacky stuff that Burton does or the cool ish colors that maybe are slightly different from everyone else that year. It seems like it's always the first stuff to go from all the kids that are international. Yeah. You know? Well, no, like their AK collection is where they kind of get to do right. all that experimenting and that kind of premium high fashion stuff. And it, it's, we had, we had bets going this year with this, we had this purple kit that came in from the, the Japan AK collection and it was how long, it would once it hits the online, how long it'll stay on the floor? It was a day or less. Yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, it was gone. So yeah. pretty cool. It's super cool. And it's super cool that we get to see that you know on the like on the the ground ground level type mm-hmm. stuff. Like kids that come in who are here for school from all over the world, Europe, China, Japan, Middle East, and what their taste or what or what they're actually seeking out for what things look like or what they fit like or just overall like just as the steep the aura of the of the piece is so much different Mm -hmm. than your typical american at the same age doing the same activity like it's not even it's completely different and it's really fun to see and help those people out because it's so different it's got to be really fun for you guys because you guys get to Mm -hmm. you know basically buy stuff and and mix things in in your buy that caters to kind of both of those customer bases when you're asking like how do we kind of figure out what we think is going to work and it's a lot of it is the customers like the customers that come into the store that buy online or the ones that are you know live chatting and talking with us or giving us feedback they're dictating a lot of what we kind of want to grow like especially like that high fashion and those more uh, like you're i don't know just the bougie well i mean yeah the bougie, yeah. <laughs> the bougie stuff but, yeah. but again that, that high fashion stuff yeah. it, like you know we've always talked about here but that it's it it is a little bit more of a, I don't know, type of feeling yeah. when you look at some of those pieces because they are sometimes so out of bounds, yeah. right? From it, from like what you're used to like kind of buying that like it feels, it feels a little dangerous. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. And I don't know. It's all silver. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling back from being like a New England sales rep, like there's stuff that we bring in that I would be terrified to sell because yeah. it's just as a rep, I'd be like, oh man, it's New England. This is never going to work. But what's so beautiful about the little world we live in is that we have, like you were saying, we have all these universities and we have all this tech business and all this collective of people that's so much more diverse. And that, Mm -hmm. that is huge. And then the other piece of it is that they're not skiing just in new England. Like, yeah, they do, but they're also like, we're right next to Logan airport. They're getting on a plane and they're going somewhere. And you know, we don't, we want to be able to have a little bit of everything for everyone. We don't want you to be able to find what those fashions and those styles are here so that you're not traveling to, you know, Jackson Hole and Aspen and finding, I mean, it's probably over there, but like you shouldn't have to leave to go get it. Right. We, have, we want people coming here to get it. And right. that's, that's kind of, kind of our, our idea of what we're trying to make our buys look like to be a little bit more for everyone and not just this cookie cutter lane, just because we're located in Boston. Yeah. And, and again, like people who are, maybe they're just getting into the sport. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, they're, they've only been a couple of times or they haven't been, they haven't been in 10 or so years. It doesn't mean that those people want to buy crappy stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. doesn't mean that they want a $200 jacket and a $100 pant and hair. Just go, go for the day or for the weekend. If you, if, before you invest, see if you have a good time. I mean, there's a lot of stores out there that do it like that. And I just think they're off the mark. They, they're missing it. And so many people, just because they're a novice, doesn't mean that they want shitty equipment. Like they want to have awesome stuff and they yeah. want to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're like, if you're putting a bunch of research into something that you're going to invest in, like whether it's, you know, a a boat or a car you're not gonna like see if you like driving you're gonna right. go get the one that makes the most sense for yeah. your life and the one that you feel good driving mm-hmm. so it's the same idea with like equipment gear skis clothing like if you go get crappy stuff you're gonna be cold you're gonna ski terribly because you're on crappy skis right and you know if you come in and you you want to i don't know i always like look at like gym clothes you go buy cute gym clothes so that you're motivated to put the gym clothes on and go to the gym right so if you're going to go skiing go look cute <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. like feel good about it like definitely you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's very important. It pushes you. It always looks, yeah. I got cute gym. I got cute gym clothes just to hang out in. By the way, I can see that. Athleisure. 
Yeah. That's and okay leisure. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what brand are they? Oh, I don't want to flex. But actually, no. <laughs> no, no, no free advertising. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's a secret. No, it's straight off the shelves. That I can't. I, 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 I can't say a brand at a big box store. <laughs> yeah. Straight off the shelves at a big box store. Yeah. And what's also super fun about your guys' jobs that I'm essentially a little jealous of is that you do get to get kind of wine and done in the bougie in the bougie mm-hmm. sector of the clothing buying, which is pretty dope. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. fun. Like going to New York. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That was so. A lot of our buying happens up here in New England, and um, when trade show at the trade shows or or even just going up to some of their offices in New Hampshire or Vermont or Maine um, but when we go and look at the we keep just saying bougie but that is just what it is it's like, fun it's just it's more a fine word yeah, it's, it's fine. fine it's, it's fine. fine there's and no better word for it it's great exactly. when we when we go and look at some of the more fashion forward brands I'm not going to say you know better or worse because honestly all of the gear that we bring in is unbelievably technical and great to ski in but when we go look at the ones that are more fashion forward and more, you know, meant to look the part, mm-hmm. um, we go down to New York and it's just a really fun and different place to look at clothes and buy clothes. Um, you're in a completely different city. You kind of get your head out of Boston, even though we do have all of this international influence between, you know, the students and the fintech and everything like that, um, biomedical when you go to somewhere like New York, you're truly in like the melting pot of the world and mm-hmm. you're in these fashion districts and you really get to kind of remove yourself from here, go down there and get into such a fashion mindset and look at all these fun, amazing high-end brands like in their stores and in their warehouses. And it is a really cool experience. And like with their company people, which is another thing that, mm-hmm. you know, unless unless the company's based in New England, you don't always get that feeling and vibe and companies are so good at like, Right. Presenting their, you know, ethos, I guess, of how they want to be presented in the world. And you get to see that with like their reps and their manufacturers and their product developers and stuff. And in New York, it's just like all the stops have been thrown out. And that's just such a cool way to buy that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to any sales reps by any means because they're just doing their job. (laughs) But it is a different experience when you get to go to the place and and, and you're talking to the people that have a, a heavier hand in how everything kind of goes. So you get a, a deeper kind of story and you feel like maybe you're just, you're, you have a stronger connection to that brand and what they're actually selling because you're there with them as they're walking you through it. You know, a little bit different of a vibe when you're at a, you know, a trade show regionally and you're just talking to a sales rep explaining, you know, what the product is. You know, they're just given samples in the catalog to sell and most of them do a great job, but it's just not as romantic. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a sales when you're rep, you go to a sales meeting and that's where you get all the romance. Right. Like the, the brand presentations and the people who have spent the last year developing all this stuff. And there's always, you know, themes and parties and lights and stages and presentation. And it's so cool. And it's having seen that, I wish brands had more of an opportunity to kind of like present that self to us as a buy on the buying side now. Cause it's, it makes you drink that Kool-Aid. Like they do such a good job with it. And at a regional trade show, it is a short period of time with a lot of people and a lot of stuff to get done. And yeah. the manufacturers are not necessarily providing budgets to blow this stuff up for these trade shows. So as a rep, that was like a frustrating thing to try to communicate. No, really, this is really, really cool. And this is going to yeah. be a big deal. And I just can't show it to you in this 10 by 10 booth space. Right. And it's it's not your fault as a rep or, or the reps that are at the trade shows fault by any means. It The vibe at those regional shows, it's, it's exhausting. As you guys know, you know, it, there's no, the, the, it's like you walk in that room and like all the excitement is just like, it's just like sucked out of your soul. <laughs> like you're like, it's like, like being a, there's you're like, like bright <laughs> lights everywhere. It's like you're buzzing like, well, yeah. sound. <laughs> you walk, it's like, yeah. you're like, what am I doing here? Welcome to Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> well, this year, especially it was like, you know, the mass and there's no one there. And it was like, you can't even go to dinner. And it was, it was like a twilight zone it was weird it it's was awful. it was it was my first time at the oh shows God, such and, a bad first and everything we were doing Devin kept being like like oh this, this is so great when we can actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. I, yeah it's actually that, that kind of that kind of sucks for you that was your first experience because of all the COVID things and then this is the first go around of it yikes doesn't it stink when you're showing someone something and it's just not like it's not as good as yeah. when it, as it usually is yeah mm-hmm. it's like a, you had to it's be horrible. in the moment 
Yep. Yeah. Just had to be there. You're like, oh, it used to be like this, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I remember walking good. like my first like SIA trade show and that was like, whoa. It was a big deal. That's where all the, the marketing yeah, like, money Yeah. I, I remember when George and I went for the first time and you know, we, were, we were like, yo, like we made it, dude. Yeah. Like we, like we are like a real company. <laughs> 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 we're at SIA, dude. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, it's a, it How to feel six years later. We, we don't go anymore. <laughs> I still want to hard pass. Yep. Hard <laughs> pass. It's like it's still an experience, but yeah. So anyway, New York is really a fun way to do that. That mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and you get to do some extra correct. Yeah. 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 Mm. I mean, there's restaurants and, and dope places to see shows. What do we do, Tate? We went to Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Hell yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was awesome. Yep. That was my first <laughs> Broadway. That was that was exciting. Yeah, you get to get all like kind of all dressed up and go yep. out. It's super fun. Yep. All guzzied up. Yep. Mm-hmm. We ordered. Uh, they had frozen. Well, they had froze in the little you know commemorative cups, which what, is exciting. What, what flavor? It's froze. Froze. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the girl took one look at us and she goes, "You guys want a little prosecco floater on the top?" I thought that was oh, a legit yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I thought froze could have flavor. I was trying to set. A, I was trying to set a trap, but no. it backfired. No, you too well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's rose flavored. It was froze flavor, dude. <laughs> There's only one flavor. With a little bit of a topper, of course. Yeah. A little seasoning. Yeah. A little floater. <laughs> yeah. Where's the best like froze in the city? I don't know. The landing. Sansi. Oh. <laughs> Sansi. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. Uh, froze in a view. Yeah. A little Newbury yeah. Street vibe. Yeah. A little people watching, a little froze. The, they have the big. Windows that open. There's always the guy vibes. painting on the corner right yeah. there. Yeah. One time I was there and I was like, I'll, I'll just have a frosé, please. And she was like, you're going to have an al- your 11th frosé. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, just kidding. <laughs> but seriously. <Yeah. laughs> Where did all the time go? <laughs> so how many, are, are you guys planning on going back to, to NY next year? Oh yeah, we'll have to. Yeah. And like, so my first year I started in november and the buying season starts in in december Mm -hmm. so like i had to kind of kick it into gear and learn everything really really quickly and then thankfully tate came on board (laughs) very quickly (laughs) after that yeah so i never had to go alone again but when i did my first new york trip i would go for the one brand that originally invited us out there and then when she started we're like all right we're both gonna go we're gonna turn this into a proper trip and we scheduled four appointments and it was so much better so now we're gonna try and figure out if we can even keep expanding on that because it's I don't know. It's just like it's just a totally different way of doing things that worked out so much better. When you I, go, when you guys are there, um, do you do you see like every like every year when you when you do these these shows, whether whether you're at you know regional trade show or you're actually there in NYC? I mean, obviously it's going to happen more when you're actually at the at the place when they're showing you clothes. Do do you see it's more of the same every year, or do you find that people kind of shift the way that they? Are, are thinking about their line year over year. Cause I feel like, you know, from before you guys came on, like my two cents of this is that, you know, I'm doing this for a long time and it's just like a lot of the major brands, I just feel like it's more of the same every year, right? It's the same colors. It's the same kind of fit. Now we're seeing different kind of branches f- from those big players of like something that's a little bit more risky, something that's a little bit more fun. But when you're actually there, do you feel like they're actually kind of changing and progressing year to year? Or do you feel like, man, like this is similar. It's just the same. Yeah. I would say that, I mean, if you use skiing just to kind of use skis, if there's a company that's making a really good ski and it's the top ski forever. And then another company makes another ski that tests and does so well that it beats that last one. They can't just keep it in the line selling it as is and assume it's just going to come back. So they have to innovate. And it's the same with clothing. And some brands have their tried and true and their bread and butter, and it'll sell no matter what. And that's okay. And then other brands, especially like the stuff we're seeing in New York, they have to push the needle. They have to take more risks. They have to keep moving forward. Because at the end of the day, if we're seeing four lines there, we only have so much space. And we have to decide, do we have room for all of this? And if one is coming to the table with 20 amazing pieces and one's coming to the table with two, that's going to get lost. So we need, you know, they have to keep moving forward and pushing the needle. And again, this is why I'm so thankful for you because I would not know where the needle's supposed to stop. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we, we brought in Bogner, you know, um, when it was just, you know, the original five and, you know, we were, we were, we were, we were terrified that we were like, Oh, like, this is not us. Like, I don't know. Like, 
you know, Brady was buying the clothes at the time and he was obviously excited, but equally like he's, you know, Brady like sitting there at his desk, like pulling his hair. I'd be like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, how, are we gonna how do you tell if it's good? <laughs> <laughs> well, especially us, like a bunch of That's r- what I mean. ragtag, this ragtag team of ski monster people. And it's Brady. And he's like, I don't know what we're supposed to do here. And, you know, we, we brought it in and, and it worked really well. Um, it was definitely more difficult for us mm-hmm. to kind of curate what we thought was going to work. Um, compared to what you guys do for sure. But at least we, we were able to kind of see that there was more, right? Th- th- there was another customer. There was another consumer on top of what, what we were already trying to kind of chase that this, this other person is looking for this stuff. And it's scary, but like to your guys' point, like where, where is that needle and like how far do you want to push it, you know? And it just, it's a fun thing to, to do every year in the sense is like, obviously you want to hit more than you miss, but you want to find like where the line is or that how far you can push the needle mm-hmm. and how crazy you can get. It's kind of cool. And, and they've had to step up too. Like you made a really good point about performance. Yeah. So all of these clothes can, can look as cool as you want it to. Um, you can put any crazy colors or, or patterns or really great silhouettes on anything, but what it really comes down to and what we're really looking for when we bring it into the store here is that everything has to work. So when you're, skiing it has to be warm enough it has to be waterproof it all has to be extremely technical because you're not I mean you can obviously just wear it out to you know your dinner or or whatever it is but you you have to wear it on the mountain and and you're you're an athlete on the mountain you're performing um in a way that that needs to be movable and it needs to be um just just more than you know kind of like an everyday like throw on a pair of jeans and these look really good on me. You right. know, they, they need to have a lot that goes into them. And I think that's something that we've been looking at a lot. And also, you know, it's just kind of cool to watch the technology on all of these companies and all of these outerwear pieces grow. Um, you know, they're just it's really beautiful clothing. It's, it's yeah. really special. So yeah. and we, we like looked at this. We brought in a, a line called Goldberg last season that we're bringing back. And we were huge fans and we had our first call with one of the um, family members that is part of this company. And we were talking about how beautiful it was and pretty. And like, we were like, oh, does it, you know, is it warm? Does it stretch? And she, she looked at us like everything I have skied in. And she goes, I, and she was trying to say like, yeah. I am a skier. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be able to ski in this. And so everything is built performance first into the fashion idea that we had. And it was like, oh, that's so cool. Well, you want the, you want the end user to have a yeah. good experience. Mm-hmm. Obviously you want it to fit and they, you know, they want to feel good and they want to be like, wow, this looks great. But ultimately when you're out there skiing, you want them to have a fun time. Yeah. And if they're, you know, soaking wet or sweating or whatever, right. Yeah. They're going to be like, yeah, this looks cool, but this jacket sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want that. I mean, we want them to keep going skiing. That's why, that's why we're providing the service that we do. So everyone can have the best time they possibly can. Totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which is which is great. It's cool that you talk to talk to them because that company is pretty rad. Oh, that this was a. I think we're gonna see, and you guys nailed it. Obviously, I, when you said, well, "Oh yeah, go," I'm like, "What? I don't know what the hell that is." Yeah, we we didn't either. A customer <laughs> a customer recommended it to us. She was like, "You guys should check this out." This it's awesome. She, and she said, "She goes, this, you know, I've been coming here with my boyfriend for a while, and he has been buying his snowboards here and stuff." And then she was like. I never bought anything. I just came to hang out. And yeah. then she walked out with like two outfits. It's like awesome. <laughs> and it was such a compliment. And it was so nice. And But she was like, yeah, check this line out. And it took us two seasons to get it. And then, you know, now it's like, oh, man, we're, we're well, so I mean, on board. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's cool about it is like the, as soon as you it came in and you. And I was nervous. I mean, that was a, that you was were. a little bit of a risk. But as soon as you merchandised it, I think you felt better. Yeah. Well, I'm saying you as a, as a group, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, everything at Ski Monsters is, yeah. is, is done together. So like w- yep. as soon as you guys merchandise it, like I think you guys probably felt pretty good about it. And then yeah. as soon as I saw it on the floor the next day, I was like, I think we're going to see this brand a lot of places very soon. It was gone mm-hmm. by Christmas. Yeah. I, I Like wherever people are traveling, fancy places, non-fancy places, some stores are going to have it. They're going to, it's going to go from like, no one has it, never heard of it to, Oh, there's Goldberg everywhere because yeah. it's really, really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even you ski tested in it, didn't you? A couple times? Not yet. It's on the oh, list. so it was just, yeah. so it was just Bogner. Uh, no, Aztec. No. Aztec. Aztec. Aztec was in the special one. And RH. RH plus. Yeah. Yep. RH plus. Yeah, they they that's sent right. us some stuff to test and that was, that's the first time we've ever been able to truly test that kind of stuff. And it was, I am on the skinny pant train. Oh my oh God. My <laughs> God. <laughs> They're coming so back. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was really helpful. Yeah. Actually, yeah. we immediately learned like fit feel yeah. warmth mm-hmm. just from 
one or two days. Yeah. You know, and skiing and actually, it. I apologize. Bogner did send T a kit last year that she got yep. to test, and that was how we can now swear by soft shell pants because. Yeah, I thought because I, I, I thought yeah, your full kit was Bogner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, got it was. It. It was. I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, oh, I swear to God, I was going. <laughs> no, right, okay. Right. But yep. now, like, how confident it is to tell someone, like, someone puts these on, like, I love them, I feel so good in them, but, like, am I going to be warm enough? And I can be like, actually, Tate skied them all year, and she was completely warm the whole time. And it's nice yeah. to be able to truly say that and, and know it's true. And that's that's mm-hmm. why testing's just been such a game changer. And testing is, is, is incredible. Yeah. It's an incredible part of our job. Yep. We take it, I hate, I hate to say it, but... Some of us maybe take it for granted a little bit sometimes, and I try to pinch myself every time we're out there because we shouldn't because it's so freaking rad. Yeah. I mean, and, and you guys, two two years of, like, ski testing. Obviously, we're doing clothing testing, et cetera, but, like, how awesome is it to take a pair of skis that maybe you skied on, like, 100 times and, like, this is just a pair of skis that I, that I ski. I love them. And then you go from that to I skied, like, seven skis last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of wild and then you're like oh, i don't even own skis because i just go upstairs and there's like a thousand <laughs> <Yeah>. skis <laughs> like and then we'll just ski on whatever and feel all the different nuances and, and maybe before we started to do that you guys probably thought I'll, I'll never be able to tell the difference really and now you guys can both i can confidently say because i ski with you guys a lot that you guys can both take probably three or four different skis and immediately be like yeah. i don't like this because i really like this because and you can feel the difference right away yeah mm-hmm. and it's, it's a cool thing you know having been in the industry for as long as I have been, I've never seen a lot of representation in women on the hard goods side of things. Like there's a few out there and and stuff, but like to be able to come out with you guys and do all the testing and starting to learn all that stuff just by like osmosis is really one of my favorite parts of this. And like we talk about all the time, like we sit and compare notes and we're trying to get better about learning more of the tech because we know the back of the store, like the back of our hands, but to be able to be comfortable talking about everything in the ski industry now has been a goal of mine since I was 10. So like this is, this is really nice. To, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you've this. skied more skis than most people ski their whole life in the, just like the last season. Yeah. I, I mean, it, just one season. I don't have to pinch myself yet. I'm still really low. Well, really yeah. <laughs> Favorite time of year. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I mean, it, it's it's just a, it's such a different way to, to look at it too because it not only does it help you discuss the equipment at a higher level of, of you know, I guess experience or, or intelligence, but it just allows you to go out there and take all the stuff that we look at at every single day and just know how it all all performs from clothing to accessories but to the hard good stuff i mean it's it's pretty rad that we all get to do it and i'm glad that you guys have both really kind of enjoyed it the last couple seasons because it's it's super fun yeah and Mm -hmm. now having like clothing brands getting on board and and snowboard brands getting on board and accessories getting to test goggles and helmets and gloves and socks and heated socks and all that it's like this is huge. This is this is what retail in general has been missing. Right. And kudos to Matt, you know, because, like, yeah. obviously it's easy to do with the hard good stuff from ski stuff right yeah. away. You know, and then... Our brand director. Our brand director, Matt Berkowitz. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you talk to other sales reps or other companies, like, hey, we, we need some jackets or pants. We need a kit to test or we need helmet and goggles to test. Hey, can you send it? We'll send it back. We're going to get photos, you know, whatever. And at first it seems a little weird. Oh, it's, it's the most uncomfortable thing to ask for until but, you have something to show for it. And now you have, you know, you people are like, oh yeah. Or like, how come I didn't get a helmet or goggle on any, on any social stuff? It's like, well, you didn't send any stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that part about it is awesome. And kudos to Matt for really pushing the envelope with that because it, it, it's made a huge difference. And obviously we enjoy actually testing the equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's critical for us from, from a selling standpoint to get the consumer the right product, you know, um, which is great, which is great. So guys, summer is here kind of upon us. Like, what do you guys got going on for the summer? What, what's happening? Uh, actually, quite quite a bit of stuff is going on. So nice. I, I think one special thing about the Ski Monster is that a lot of ski stores and ski companies will kind of shut down the ski and snowboard operation during the summer and switch over to something else, whether that's biking, whether that's patio furniture or golf or, or anything like that. We kind of stick to what we know best and and stay 100% focused on um, the winter months. And so really what we end up doing is everything you see on the SkiMonster.com, we kind of get that built out for the year. So um, that's reviewing product, taking all of the notes that we've had from the year on outerwear and on on hard goods as well, um, and kind of compiling it all and writing it down and making sure that it's digestible to all of the customers that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's kind of fun for us because it it lets us take a few months to really sit back and almost study everything that we've uh, you know bought and tested in the past year. So when we come back to the winter and we're back in selling season, we are really familiar with the products. So you know that's looking at all of the coats that we have and really figuring out again what you know the waterproofing is and what the fill is and what the best layering is for this jacket and so you know in being able to assess and keep writing and and build it out it does become um, a lot more second nature to start talking to people about it when when you've become so familiar with it and that is part of what we do in the summer Um, another part of it is as we talked about earlier there's a lot of um, not you know, gambles, like we were saying earlier, but more educated guesses on how we're going to be doing buys because Mm -hmm. you're really doing a lot of the buys before the selling season has really gotten underway. And so you can really look at the reports of what actually ended up selling that year and you can go back and start to modify a little bit. You know, we we have uh, 30 of these pants left and we have 20 on order for next year. Do we really need that? Right. Um, it allows you to kind of have a, a better scope of, the, you know, once the kind of the dust settles, yeah. calms down mm-hmm. a little bit, you can kind of take a step back, take a deep breath, kind of look at the things that you might have kind of just pushed to the side because you're so busy with other things that are more important in that particular moment. Kind of reassess, find out where you are, where yeah. state of what your job is, and then, uh, yeah, go and kind of tackle it. Well, and noticing like, you know, so we have 30 pants left, but these sold so well the year before, what's going on? And then we'll both be looking at it and tail big. Well, they're all largest. Why are they all largest? And then it's realizing, oh, that's one of those pants that fits different. So instead of canceling them, we'll shift the size run down. Right. Mm-hmm. Fits different. Yeah. It's like, it's like hits different. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, right. it's, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's like the Garrett size downgrade, you know, we have to make the adjustment and then size upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> so like modifying orders and stuff. And then, um, yeah, it's just kind of cool. And it's like, it's kind of nice to be able to spend hundred percent of your time specializing on just, stuff just because we have the opportunity to do that and it's the same thing like we're trying to build a website presence that's when you're shopping for a coat or something online that's a hard thing to do clothing is just hard to shop online so we want to give you enough imagery and feedback and reviews and tell you how it fits so that you can try to buy it the best you can without trying it on Mm -hmm. because the experience you get when the store you come in you're getting a one-on-one experience like you know same thing with boot fit that's a pretty obvious one but people are we have appointments and they're like why do i need an appointment for clothing and it's you know you're coming in and you're saying i'm looking for this this and this and we're going to set you up with 17 outfits that you can try on right. based to cater to exactly what you wanted. And one of the beautiful things here is it's all specialized by the staff. Like the staff here is one of the reasons I've been absolutely loving this ride that I'm on. Because if you want to talk to me about your ski boots, we're going to have a little bit of a problem. I've tested some ski boots. <laughs> I've got some opinions, but I am not a boot fitter. Whereas the boot fitters know that stuff. They are dialed. They are, they understand it. They can, you know, like if you're going to buy a ski, you're going to meet with Eric and you're going to get a one-on-one on mm-hmm. what's the best ski for you. If you ask, you know, Eric, you want to sell some women's snow pants right now, we might have to revisit that. But Tate (laughs) can pick the absolute perfect pair for your body, the problems you had, the warmth problems. Are you touring? Are you not? And it's like we want to just kind of create the same experience you get with that one-on-one online and then having, like Tate said, that time in the summer to study and kind of be specialized as a staff member but also as just a ski company is an opportunity I think that we are lucky to have. Right. I mean, and we are staying appointment only, you know, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Obviously everyone knows that at this point, I hope, you know, um, born from COVID and it's worked so well for us here at Ski Monster that appointment only is here to stay. And from your guys' perspective, having that personal shopper or the clothing appointment, I mean, what's the feedback that you guys have been seeing having that one-on-one experience? Obviously it's easier for someone that's doing skis or mm-hmm. snowboard or boots because you have to talk to that person anyways, because they're coming in asking questions about, particular product so you have to kind of engage with that person regardless of whether they had an appointment or not prior to appointment only you know for you guys a lot of times people are like I just want to shop around I just want to browse I don't need anyone to help me well unfortunately you know we don't do that anymore and so having somebody that's gonna you know would be that person that now has you with them for 30 40 60 minutes what has been that kind of feedback from them and the interaction you've had with them and I mean because it only looks like a positive thing when you look at the whole scope of the thing, but I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, I think it's pretty overwhelmingly positive. So even those people who are like coming in and saying, oh, I just just gonna look around. I'm like looking for maybe a new helmet. I'm not sure yet or or this or that. 
so much of the gear that you buy when you're skiing on top of hard goods, you know, obviously it's, it's easy to explain to somebody why you need one-on-one um, attention when you're getting boots or you're getting your skis mounted or you're buying a new pair of skis, anything like that. It, it's so easy to explain that. But um, when you actually come in and, and you think that you can just browse around, that's often not the case, you know, right. even when they tell us that and you kind of take a step back and you're like, all right, you can look around for a little bit. Come find me if you have any questions. There's almost always questions on the technicality of the product on how does a helmet fit on, is this goggle going to fog with this helmet? Is the venting, like, is the venting correct? Or um, I get really, 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 really cold because we're in New England and I'm skiing in Vermont. What's the best base layer? Um, Because you can obviously go and look at our wall of base layers, but how would you know? Um, How do you know what's what's going on with the merino? Or is it better to have something synthetic? And so I think in the end, you know, there's a majority of people do come in and, and like, initially the one-on-one attention regardless. And then even the people who come in a little bit more skeptical walk away feeling much better about the purchases that they've made. Yeah. And I, th- I think our department, as far as feedback from people, like, you know, it's me, Tate and Sam, and Sam's arguably the most technical of, of the three mm-hmm. of us, but like we have more people openly tell us that we, this appointment thing, I don't know, it's clothing. Like I just don't understand it. And then by the end of the appointment, I think we get more of that feedback. Like, okay. I think I get it. That made sense. And it, it, I understand because like, I don't necessarily go into a store wanting to be the one-on-one, but yeah. it's more of a being, I don't want to take this person's time and I don't want to be uncomfortable, but it's like, no, I'm literally your personal concierge for the next hour. So like you can either have your own time and that's totally fine. Or I will literally answer every single question that you have. Yeah. Either way works. Yeah. But again, to Tate's point, um, most of the things that we sell, if not all of them require either at least one question or can I try it on? Um, so having somebody there for the time that they book for you guys makes it huge versus any other shopping experience and any other time that they were here shopping at Ski Monster Boston before appointment only, you'd have to then go seek out an, an associate that's probably already helping somebody else because it was chaos, right? And then try to get their attention and their focus on helping you. And now all that goes away yeah. because now whether you have a question or you don't, someone is there to answer your question if you do. Um, and it just makes the whole experience better. Yeah. And I think like the only, the closest thing you have to this is buying shoes at a, a fit shop right. where you get that personal experience and they give you feedback and this doesn't fit or it's too wide, whatever, and buying a wedding dress. And that's about <laughs> the only times you get that kind of retail experience when it comes to soft goods and clothing. So mm-hmm. it's been overwhelmingly well received, which is awesome. I know it's inconvenient sometimes when you're not aware of it, but the more a customer base becoming aware of it, it's like, okay, that was cool. And I don't know. It's way more fun to be selling one on one than to be trying to manage. Oh, yeah. Well, and people. you guys know your and you know your schedule. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I, you know, we say this so many times internally, but everybody getting to work and then you see your schedule and you know what to expect. You know who's coming in for what. Maybe there's a little bit of note action going on in the schedule. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not just sitting there, you know, twiddling your thumbs or just like absolutely running around like a crazy person trying to help all these people. It, it makes the whole thing insanely better it makes it all work better smoother and i really think that every single person that does it and comes in and looking for something specific makes it makes their experience incredible totally 100 percent. so guys um that that was that was pretty dope i'm stoked that you guys were, were here and able to sit down with us yeah thanks so much for having us i mean you guys are the first ones on this new table which is dope the marble table. It's a three hundred pound table that Neil bought. Yeah, well, it looks great. I mean, <laughs> it's it's Neil's aesthetic for sure. <laughs> so it fits this room perfectly. But I can imagine it was a bit uh challenging. To uh, get Uncle in. Neil definitely crushed it with the uh, with the the marble table, and Tate selected the uh, the Lady gender monster. the gender reveal ski monster <laughs> <laughs> sign. Lady monster pink. <laughs> yes, exactly. Lady monster pink. To be fair, it did just look better than the blue. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Pops. One hundred percent. Blue isn't meant to be neon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's right. <laughs> I, am I wrong? No. no. That's very true. Some profound thoughts. <laughs> also, look how cool it looks in the glass. Yeah. yeah also, r- if you stand up, get a bird's eye view. You see it on the marble table. This oh, is nice. really good visual radio, but uh, day one excitement. <laughs> yes, it, it, <laughs> it is yeah. shiny new toys. It's, it's day one excitement. I mean, literally co- shiny. I mean, considering the initial table. Or the, the coffee table to the plastic table to now we have like an Italian marble. The table. plastic table, say what you want, but it kind of made me feel at home and comfortable. 
just because, you know, scumbag life t- lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, the Bills Mafia table. Yeah, yeah. And forever, it'll it'll we, we got we got a label. We got to like actually die cut sticker that Bills Mafia. We table. actually should. That's yeah. a relic. Yeah, it's a relic. It's a valuable relic at this point. It stays. It's part of the story of this here podcast. That <laughs> have you already explained what the Bills Mafia is? Oh, yeah, oh. Garrett, why don't you drop the Bills of Mafia? Oh, we did a whole episode on it before. <laughs> it's going to be dropped before. <laughs> no, uh, Bills Mafia, Buffalo Bills, they have a fan base that... Uh, That's why I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the football it. team, <laughs> American people go football. to the tailgates right. and famously jump through tables. Famously. Famously, I mean, they like light them on fire and then they like jump off like their camera or light themselves, yeah. on fire, light themselves on fire, which is really just a productive contribution to society. Yeah. Well, that one's still in pretty good shape. Did you just miss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tay, you've, you've been wondering why my neck's been bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> you overshot the Bill's Mafia. <laughs> well, guys, thanks very much. And you yeah, you guys are rad. Awesome. Yeah. Let's keep hey, it rolling. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, <laughs> and girls. You, you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thanks for listening. See you next time. Peace.